three, two. Oh no. Ha ha holla holla holla. Anyway, hello internet peeps. Welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast. And also welcome to the first ever edition of Big Trouble and Little Ward Show of 2017. I am Joe Dubs. Hey, and I'm Andy. And uh, we have a somewhat of a big show. Uh, we've been advertising about our polls for the nominees for the award show of 2017. Uh, we're going to hit up a little bit of what we've been doing. And our movie of the week is uh, The Ref, not The Reef, like we said last week. <laughs> Even though that was not a very good title for that movie. Yeah, I understand where they were going with it, but... It would have been funny if they did some spin off of like or a spin of the ref being the reef since it was during Christmas time. Mm. Anyway, so get strapped in and get ready for Big Trouble Little Podcast for Only Dreams. Kill a dream. Andy, what the hell have you been playing, watching, greeting, and how was your Christmas? My Christmas was good. It was nice and relaxing. And that's the older you get, I think the more that's what it's about. You know, it's, oh, I get a day off work. I'm gonna have a couple meals, and you know you gotta you gotta rush around because you're doing family stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, luckily I like my family, so that was that was okay. <laughs> yeah, especially when uh, me and you work in some t- type of retail, and like yeah. we go through all the fucking hell, and then we only get like a, a day or two, like for freedom, pretty much, yeah. and it's really really, really retarded. But uh, I see you watched a lot of movies this week. I watched three movies this week. Two of them are new, and one of them is a few years old. I watched The Place Beyond the Pines. That Ryan it's, Gosling uh, movie? Yeah, Ryan Gosling, um, Bradley Cooper, Eva Mendez, a few other people. I can't remember who directed it, and that's really embarrassing. Great movie. Um, it's really long and really ambitious with its scope. I think there there's a, there's a review on Wikipedia that it references... That says it's like ambitious to a fault, mm-hmm. and I, I I get what they're saying. Like it's it's long, but it is excellent, and everyone in it is a great actor, and they really nail it. The movie's really cool. I watched uh, Bright on Netflix. That new um, the guy who directed Training Day did it right. I yeah. think written by Max Landis. It's uh, Will Smith and some other guy. It's it's fun. It's good. I mean, for being on Netflix, it's pretty okay. I. I think they messed up making it a movie and not a series, though. Uh, well, they got greenlit for a bright two. So. Yeah, that's good. I think that'll help. But I mean, it's not perfect. So, a friend told me, "Oh, the critics are eating that one alive." Well, yeah, I mean, I see how, but whatever. It's fine. It's entertaining. Like I, I watched it in two sittings, and I was entertained. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing, too. Like, the critics pretty much, on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe, it gave it a 23%. And the uh, the people gave it, like, an 89 to a 90%. So, yeah. obviously, the people are having more of a good time watching that movie than the critics do. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I'd recommend over it. But there's, there's you know, there's movies that you want to sit down and really pay attention to and really dig your teeth into. And then sometimes you just want to watch a movie. You know, you want a movie to be on. If you look at Facebook on your phone, who cares if you're having a half-hearted conversation with someone, you're building a model, you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bright's really good for that. There's it, there's some fun parts in it. It's interesting. The story it tells is, is interesting. I was interested the whole time. 
Yeah, um, I heard good things about it. I don't know. Lately, Will Smith, how was he in the film? Because like his late work is becoming bland and like, like honest, honestly, I was watching it with an eye for how good of an actor he still is or, or ever was or will be or whatever. Um, he's, he's really blah in it. Like he always has this, um, he has an intensity when he acts that he's brought to a lot of parts, but it always feels like, man, I really don't know how to put it. Like, he's an actor, so of course he's acting, but whenever he uses intensity, it's like I can see that he's acting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess that's, that's me saying that. But he's, I mean, he, there is no part in that movie where I'm like, man, Will Smith sucks. Like, he, he, was, he was good enough the whole movie, so mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't blow me away. It's kind of like the movie. It's like, oh, it's, it's good enough. It's, it's all right. Yeah. Um, it's on my to-do list since now Black Mirror Season 4 has just been uh, released, so mm. I'm going to be watching that. But I see one other movie that you saw this weekend or week. Yeah, a friend and I had to drive to another city to go to a theater that we'd never even heard of, which we actually really liked and we'll probably return to, just to see The Disaster Artist because... Movies don't get wide releases anymore. If you want to see Star Wars or Coco or fucking Justice League still, then yeah, you can see that no problem around here. But if you want to see something like Disaster Artist, you gotta go driving. It was worth it though. I like the Disaster Artist a lot. Like some critics don't like it tons, and I see what they mean. The movies, um, it, it's like the movie couldn't decide if it wanted to be super serious or super funny. Mm-hmm. No part of it is super serious, but I don't know. It's it's got different kinds of humor in it, but um, it's one of the best performances I've seen James Franco give. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird because James Franco is kind of like a hit and miss kind of guy. Uh, he did that one movie. Well, he did many movies with Seth Rogen, but the one where he was with North Korea and they were making fun. The interview. The interview. Um. That was an okay film. Pineapple Express is fucking hilarious. Uh, I love that movie. He was also in Spider-Man, if anybody remembers James Frank. <laughs> but he's he's a good actor. He just, you know, it, he, he was a perfect guy for Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, he's, he's getting in all this directing and producing stuff, for better or worse. He's directing tons of small stuff, but Disaster Artist was, was good. He, he did a good... It's only um, it, there's a ton of supporting actors in that movie that are great too. Like Rogan's in it, but there's also like uh, I don't know Jason Melakis is in it and uh, Paul. How do you say his name? Schreer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, uh, Bob Odenkirk's in it and uh, a bunch of other people in like real small parts. It's a funny movie though. If you can see it, definitely see it. Yeah, uh, I definitely want to see it. I want to get a movie pass just so that I could watch these movies that are not like big like star wars and i can i tried to get a movie pass but they wouldn't fucking do it movie <laughs> passes it's a good idea for a service but i kept trying to sign up for one and like the billing thing would fail like they wouldn't even take my money so i i got frustrated i tried several times over several days and their website and their back end is just fucking trash probably the the holidays all backed up with people it was like the first week in november <laughs> fair enough <laughs> 
Yeah. I want it to work. I still kind of want it, but I mean, if, if they're so incompetent, they can't even take my money. I don't know if I want to give them my money, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you watch anything? I watched um, this short, like, documentary called Wormwood. Uh, brief uh, brief storyline is about a family, about this guy who was a scientist, I believe, that worked in the Army. And this was during when CIA was using LSD for, like, mind control, MK Ultra, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and pretty much the father dies and in like the news the cia pretty much covers it up and everything and the newspaper says that he might have either fell or jumped or got pushed out of the window so the son is like the main focus in this documentary because he's been trying to years to uncover this so that the cia can you know take blame and it's really it, it grabs you but then it kind of throws you at the end of where it's like, man, did I just waste my time on this documentary? Like, yeah. like I see where they were going with it, and it, it does like a real good buildup, but the payoff is just, I didn't like it. Maybe yeah. because I'm the type of person is I want answers, you know, to be in the end and pretty much tell what happened in this story. Not and too much to ask for. And in reality, you're never going to get the answer that the CIA or our government fucked up. So I should have saw this coming, but it was it it was so edited really well for me at the edge of my seat to begin to go and uh oh my god is is the truth going to be you know uncovered is this going to happen and then the rug right under my feet. <laughs> so I, I I'm still going to recommend it because if it's on Netflix give it a try and it's you know actually good stuff because it's actually stuff that cia did where they uh you know wiretap people's houses in the 50s because of communism and because of lsd mind control and all that stuff but other than that uh my christmas has been okay you know good you know like like you were saying before just relaxing and you know getting out of this bullshit of fucking retail for a little bit yeah, no kidding. Even though we're probably going to get hit up this weekend because of fucking New Year's Eve. I got to work New Year's Day. That'll be a blast. Oh, so you're going to be working on the hangover if you drink. Yeah, I haven't decided what's going to happen there. Mm -hmm. Other than that, um, I bought Rocket League for uh, my Switch. Right on. So I'm building up that library because I think the Switch is an amazing system. Agreed. Yeah. So, other than that, Andy, any other things that we need to touch upon on what the hell we've been doing? I don't think so. I'm anxious to talk about the ref. <coughs> Let's get into it while I'm still having this cough. <laughs> um, it's a Dennis Leary movie, by the way, and Kevin Spacey, if anybody. Uh, I just want to get this out of the way. Even though Kevin Spacey's done a fucking really shitty thing as a person, yeah, he's an amazing actor. I just want to put yeah, that. Yeah, he's a great actor. I was discussing this with a friend, like, right before I watched this movie. That's why I thought it was weird, because I didn't know Kevin Spacey was in this. I was like, oh, i got to watch Ref for Big Trouble podcast. I guess I'll, I'll watch it now. Just click. And then there he was. And I think I sent you a message. It's like, Kevin Spacey's in this, you fucking pedo. What the fuck, man? <laughs> but uh, it's... 
I don't know. It is kind of like, I hate to see Kevin Spacey, and that's the first thought that I have. That's not fair, and that's, that's frustrating. Same thing happens every time I start a movie that was made or produced by the Weinsteins now, which is like every Quentin Tarantino movie and stuff like that. It's like, oh, man, fuck. Mm-hmm. You just got to... The same thing with, like, politics. You have to, like, put that to its side. I guess. I, I mean, I did eventually. Like, I got around it. But it did, it did take a scene or two. He was really fucking funny. Even though I had, like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, Kevin Spacey might be looking at that kid. He might be looking at Jesse. Yeah, there know. was a couple times that I, that yeah, whenever he's in a scene with, like, a, a young man now, it's like, oh, goddammit, brain. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Story is really simple in this film. It sure is. Dennis Leary is like this big time uh, robber that goes into like people's buildings and uh, steal their shit. And he picked the wrong guy that had like some wily e. coyote fucking traps in the house. Yeah, they never like elaborate on that. That's so weird. This guy has a safe that he tries to break into. I mean, he succeeds in breaking into it. But it sprays cat piss in his face, and then there's a trap door? What the fuck? Like, yeah. I didn't know what to expect at that point. Is is this movie serious, or is it, like, a ridiculous comedy? Mm-hmm. And it, it's, a, it's a mixture of both. And mm-hmm. in the beginning, by the way, like, it starts off with Kevin Spacey characters and JD, uh, Judy Davis's, uh, which is Lloyd and Caroline, uh, with the doctor, Dr. Wong. And this do- Dr. Wong guy... He his role in every movie and TV show is always a doctor. He's always a head doctor. He's in hmm. Law and Order SVU, by the way. He's the maybe uh, he like has an actual degree or something. Maybe, but um, it just Kevin Spacey, Judy Davis had some great chemistry because you felt like they were mad at each other the whole fucking time, like they were your typical uh, you know people that are gonna go into a divorce. Hmm. And, you know, they're fighting over small shit. One's, like, not perfect. You know, she she wants to try, like, all this Scandinavian stuff. And uh, Kevin Spacey's more of the uh, the safe guy. He doesn't... He, he fears a failure. So, like, every time when Judy Davis's character is trying something new, he's, like, hesitant about it. They made me think about the Lockhorns a lot. That, that comic... No, I never heard of Lockhorn. Like in the newspaper, the the, the couple. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what happens is, uh, while Dennis Leary's getting his cat pissed in his face and uh, being shot out of a fucking house somehow, and he's running away from the police, so he finds Judy Davis's and, Ke- and Ke- Kevin Spacey's character. And says, "Take me to your house. I need a, like a safe place to hide until he, <laughs> until his uh, drunk partner Gus calls him and all that stuff." And the comedy in this film is fucking hilarious. Like in the beginning, I was like, "Huh, okay, that's funny," but in other times, I was like, <laughs> especially the part where, where the uh, Kevin Spacey's mom uh, comes in. And he pretty much tells her to shut the fuck up. And, like, when that shit starts to happen, like, when everything's starting to break down within the family, like, I thought that was an amazing scene. Like, especially when the kids are tying up the the parents and the grandma and all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I I thought that was hilarious. Uh, 
by the way, shout out to Super Nintendo, which was in there. I don't know if you noticed the kid got that as a gift. No, I don't think I did notice. Yeah, the uh, fat kid got a uh, Super Nintendo because I don't know the kid's name. So I'm going to call him Fat Kid. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think of the film, Andy? I liked it. I was entertained by it. I don't feel like I wasted my time. Um, Kevin Spacey was great in it, but Dennis Leary was the, the most fun to me. I like Dennis Leary in it the best. Dennis Leary is always Dennis Leary in everything that he does. Yeah, there's several times where I could like hear his stand-up. Like when at the end, when they're getting away on the boat. Like, spoilers, sorry. He gets away at the end. When they're getting away on the boat, like he starts talking really fast about what he's going to do to Gus, and mm-hmm. it's it sounds like his stand-up. And just the comedy and everything, like, Dennis Leary, when he's, like, pretty much saying, I'm gonna, fuck, I'm gonna fucking shoot you and all that stuff, like, yeah. his delivery is is good. And Dennis Leary in the late 90s and early 2000s was big because he was in that TV show, I forgot what it was called, he was a fireman. Damn it. I don't know what it is, but he was, uh, rescue me. Rescue me. There you go. And he did a lot of stand up. He was also in Demolition Man with uh, Wesley Snipes. And oh, that's right. I forgot yeah, about that. He was the, uh, the 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 tunnel people, <laughs> the sewer people. And that's another you know part about his stand up where he goes, you know, I, mean, I want to just pour jelly on me and call me an Oscar Mayer wiener. Uh, that, that's not the the full quote, but he just he says everything quickly, and that's kind of like his shtick and all that stuff. Um, what else do I like about the film? I love the fucking lieutenant, <laughs> the police. In this film, I thought it was yeah. Cool. I wanted to talk about the police in this film. Like he's he's funny, but I don't feel like his story had a conclusion. Well, he you could clearly see that he doesn't want to be in that town. But then, I guess. But then this, it's just—it's just like the guy comes in and treats him like shit, and then he tries to do his job, and then he fails at doing his job because his men fuck him over, <laughs> and then sure enough, he's getting removed from his job, and then the stinger is, oh hey Bob, I slept with your wife, haha, that's hilarious, and then that's the end of it. Like, god damn it, I wanted to see more of that storyline, but it just like, I don't know, it felt anticlimactic to me. I didn't like that. I I thought it was just fine because he wasn't the main focus, and I think it, they were trying to portray that these small town cops are dumb, and that's why they you know yeah that's in so many movies haha ha, these police are inept like all of his men are just like jokes and uh, I get sick of it. I just I just thought the delivery it, of like I slept your wife match the tone of the rest of the movie. It's yeah. like the rest of the movie was like comedic but serious, and then the cops are all just comedic, no serious, and and it, it's useless. That whole plot about the cops could have cut the whole thing, made the rest of the movie lo- uh, longer, could have yeah. added more to what they were doing otherwise. And can we talk about how uh, the police invaded, uh, not invaded, but pretty much screwed every American's rights of entering people's homes? and stuff because they, well, they see him tied up right is that what you're talking about at the end well i'm talking about every household by the way because they don't they don't show like when they say hey you know we're just doing a routine house to house search do you can you allow us to come in and check to see if he's here or not 
It's kind of like, oh, we're here. We're just going to barge in and stuff. And I'm like, I, that's really unfair to me to say, kind of, because we didn't see the other houses, so they could have said that, maybe. And then the Kevin Spacey house, they saw them tied up, so that gave them the probable cause to enter yeah, the house. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Those, the little details, I wish they added a little bit, because it's kind of like, oh, we're going to search every fucking house for this criminal, because, you know, in Connecticut, we do it different. <laughs> So like that that bothered me a little bit. Um the Santa Claus I thought was hilarious and annoying. Yeah, that was funny. Like that that at least tied into the main plot in real way. Yeah. Um I don't understand his like arc kind of really because in the beginning he was kind of like cheery but also like an asshole because he's like where's where's your uh, son Jesse because uh our Jesus is still missing from a nativity scene, so yeah. Yeah, that's right. They didn't deliver on that. What was up with that? I think it was just a nod when Dennis Leary went into the kid's room and found the Jesus. It was kind of like, oh, he's a drub- troublemaker, just like me. And that's why he kept on adding like those fucking uh, those life lessons of, hey, kid, you need to be with your family, even though they're all fucked up because. You know, running away from the police is not a good life, and especially when you're 35 years old. Yeah. Like, I, I, those scenes I didn't really care of. I just loved that this functional family that they had. Uh, by the way, hold on a second. There's one guy in there, the, the uh, Siskel, the army guy. What was it? He's he's in that Spider-Man movie. There we go. J.K. Simmons. He was um, in the yeah. film. I, uh, have you noticed that J.K. Simmons kind of doesn't really age that much? Yeah, no, he totally. I think it's because he's been bald like since 1982 or something. So he just always looks the same. Yeah. That's my theory. Because yeah, I was like, oh, my God, he still looks the same even in the 90s. And I'm like, oh, OK. I, I thought um, Jesse's storyline a little bit. Like I get it, he's a bad kid. Um, he blackmails people. I didn't. It's funny how he has like eleven grand uh, from blackmailing people. And uh, do we do we want to get the ending out of the way? Spoilers. I mean, I already spoiled that that Dennis Leary gets away at the end. Well, I think the main like storyline was uh, Lloyd and Caroline. How they pretty much the it took a criminal. To bring them back together, in a way. Yeah, like, all the strife they go through, like, throughout the course of the movie, things get worse, and then they say, we're getting a divorce, fuck you. And then there's all the the inter-family strife, and he learns to tell his mother to go fuck herself, and stuff like that. And at the end, they're close again like there's there's no like real blatant i guess we'll stay together forever they just say they're gonna talk about it and they're gonna involve their kid and that's you know that's like the healthy good thing to do now did you get the vibe that some parts of this film they had like a little improv going like especially the the dinner scene because i love when dennis leary and uh caroline come in and he's like oh your mother is a bitch yeah (laughs) I felt a lot of the movie was improv between Dennis Leary, Kevin Spacey, and Judy Davis. Oh, maybe I didn't get that, but maybe it was just, it was just really good. I think they 
the chemistry was really great in this film. I thought they you know fed off well with each other. Um, when you see typical comedy, you don't see this film in a way because it felt like it had its own identity and it, like it had the typical storyline, but it had Dennis Leary's touch to it. And when Dennis Leary's in the movie, I think is uh, it's different, different to me at least. Mm. Anything else you want to talk about this movie? Um. I don't think so. Only that I did enjoy it. It was fun. Dennis Leary's great in it. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was... Uh, I'm glad I actually changed my last movie <laughs> for this movie. Because yeah. who would have known what the... I think the movie I chose before was Hector. And it was some type of like documentary. So mm-hmm. I guess it was good that I ended it on the comedy. I n- never really choose comedy, even though I chose the Bill Murray and Dennis Leary film. So well, Bill Murray could have been funnier anyway. Yeah, we had different opinions. Man, we've been having a lot of different opinions lately. That's Good. A, yeah. People get bored of hearing us say, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great. All yeah. right. Well, did you like it? I did. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah, so I I definitely, during this time of the year in the winter, check it out. It was it was good good to watch. I laughed at 4 a.m. in the morning watching this. <laughs> so uh, I recommend it. Andy, do you recommend it? Yeah, yeah, totally. All right. On that note, I think it's time for our Big Trouble and Little Award Show 2017. Boy, did we have a good turnout in our votes from our fans. Yeah, I was actually really surprised. Yeah, I thought we were going to have like one or two. Uh, I thought it would be us. <laughs> yeah, tell you the truth, I thought that too. Uh, but I'll give you like numbers here and there because... A lot of people that I spread the link to in, within our fan base, um, they were like, oh, I didn't play this game or I didn't see this movie, so I didn't even vote. Yeah. So if you look at like the total votes, that's why they're like inconsistent because there was yep. like 17, there was 19, there was 14. And I was, was, I was like, I respect that. I, you want to vote something that you've watched and stuff instead of just hearing from other people. Um. So I'll, I'll quickly go through the... Uh, the categories and i'm gonna do it based off what i put uh because i did make another page on newdubsorder.com of uh how i'm gonna order it so i have best soundtrack in the game best soundtrack in a movie best graphics in a game best cinematography in a movie best sports game best audio design in a game best single player game best multiplayer game best gameplay mechanics most improved game best game developer best console in this generation which by the way i'm disappointed in people voting but i'll move on um best actor in movies best director in movies movie of the year and then finally game of the year Uh, andy brought up a good point last episode that we might be splitting up uh our awards because uh andy said and i agree that a lot of movies are still being uh played at this late in the year yeah since we did our nominees i've seen several movies that i would have liked to to consider as well so in the future i'd like to i'd like to focus on games in december but give january movies yeah and that's what we'll probably do so next year movies will be in january games will be in december but on on that note um let's get into our first category of the night let me get here. 
best soundtrack in a game. Right? We're gonna do it on the in the order that it was on the voting page. Yes. So the nominees are, and Andy, do you have the page up? Yeah, I got it. All right. So name out the nominees, and then I'll show the winner. On uh, Cuphead, Sonic Mania, Persona Five, Mario Odyssey. Okay. And the winner is everybody. And I will say it in audio format because we will be in audio format soon. Cuphead is the best soundtrack in a game. So uh, the people of Cuphead, I will be sending out a tweet <laughs> of your little JPEG uh, belt and all that stuff. So, What's, what was your pick for best soundtrack? My best soundtrack, I would have to say Cuphead because on Spotify, I did have Cuphead on my... Uh, my cue and it's really awesome music i picked persona 5 i uh cuphead soundtrack is really interesting but it's like one it's one gimmick it's all like that old music and that's awesome but i chose persona 5 because it's a little more varied and i'm, I'm also biased i i spent a hundred dollars on the vinyl soundtrack it's four discs of persona 5 i fucking love it man persona 5 is a great sound mm-hmm but uh, Sonic Mania, I almost chose Sonic Mania, but it was Persona 5 just barely. Sonic Mania's soundtrack is great. Yeah, it's amazing that some people uh, actually voted Sonic Mania because <laughs> within our fan base and uh, our group of friends, like I only know me and you that are like putting Switch on a high pedestal. Even though Sonic Mania came out for other platforms. Sonic but... Mania was on everything. It's on Steam and PS4 and Xbox One. And... Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, so Andy recommends Persona 5, and I recommend Cuphead. So moving on to the next category. I wish I had, like, a little soundboard of, like, people clapping, but oh well. Um, Best soundtrack in a movie. I'll do these uh, nominees for uh, this one. So we got Star, War uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Spider-Man Homecoming, Atomic Blonde, and Dunkirk. Andy, do you want to say the winner? The winner, uh, much to my surprise, to be honest, is Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yes, and uh, I think I did pick that. Yes, I did. I, was... I mean, John Williams' soundtracks are fantastic, but I was I was just surprised. This is, an, this is one of the categories that I wish I could have nominated more interesting stuff for. What would you uh, add if... Uh... We put this in January. I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there were no no movies with fantastic soundtracks this year. <laughs> Part of me wanted to choose um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but I felt like I'd already chose it for enough categories, so I was like, no, 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 I'll do something different. Yeah. So, what did you choose in the best soundtrack, by the way? I voted for Atomic Blonde, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, eh, maybe Atomic Blonde had a really sweet, like, 80s soundtrack. It was all, like, 80s Europop and, uh, like, David Bowie and, and, uh, I think there's a Devo song in it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The movie itself is all right. It's kind of boring. There's some cool fight scenes. It's shot really well, but the soundtrack was outstanding. Yeah. Um,. So you're gonna you're recommending Atomic Blonde, or I mean the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> not the movie. Nah, the movie's okay. Watch it on FX one day or something, but yeah. I really enjoy 
John Williams. So that's why I chose the Last Jedi. No, I th- I think Last Jedi is the right choice. I just I was still a little surprised by. It. Yeah, even though I uh, pretty much don't agree with the movie, I do agree with the soundtrack. So <laughs> let's move on to one of one of the things I'm most disappointed in the voting for is uh, best multiplayer game. Oh, you want to go right there? All right, hold on a second. Let me, uh... Sort of stuff in different orders? Yeah, I I, I, I rearrange it, but you know what? We'll do it this way. I'm just on the awards page. Yeah, so let's get into best multiplayer multiplayer game. So, um... Nominees were Fortnite, Poyo Poyo Tetris, Splatoon 2... And uh, players, player un what, players unknown battlegrounds. I always say it wrong. I I've been saying PUBG just because that's what you said. <laughs> yeah, that's what the cool people say. So yeah, okay. the winner is and with an astounding sixty three percent of the votage. Uh, no surprise in my opinion is PUBG. All right, all right. Yeah, that <laughs> I mean that that game made a huge splash this year and it deserves it, but. I don't know. I, I chose Splatoon. <laughs> <laughs> I almost chose that because we had so much fun in that game. That's because it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. But imagine if PUBG was on Switch, even though that's probably impossible to do. But who knows? Maybe one day. Maybe. But I obviously I did choose PUBG because I have over two hundred hour games in that. Two, two yes. Hours, yeah. So that's the reason why, because it's the game that keeps on giving in a way. And uh, I don't know, even though there's a lot of like Battle Royale stuff, I just think that it it's good and it could be better because there is a lot of bugs in the game. But like I watch other videos where people, especially on the Xbox one, where they're like, oh, uh, this game is fucking terrible to play, but I can't stop playing it. I'm just like, so there's something there. They just need to fix it. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, that is best multiplayer game. Uh, We'll go to best single player game. All right. And the nominees are Mario Odyssey, Horizon Zero Dawn, Hellblade's uh, Sanaya's uh, Sacrifice. Just say Hellblade. (laughs) (laughs) Hellblade. And then The Legend of Zelda The Breath of the Wild. Andy, what is the winner? The winner is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yes. With 43% of the votes, and this will lead into more of our conversation later, but in second place with 36% of the votes was Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. So, single-player games. Nintendo's where it's at, baby. Yeah. Andy, what what did you recommend? I put Breath of the Wild. It, this one was really hard to decide, I went with Breath of the Wild solely because, like, um, Mario Odyssey, I'm going to talk about this again when we get to Game of the Year, Mario Odyssey was more consistently fun, but Breath of the Wild provided me a larger amount of fun, if that makes any sense. I I, I agree, and I chose uh, Mario Odyssey because yeah. I did enjoy every fucking world that i went to and i want to play it more uh not saying that zelda is shit or anything but there's so much stuff to do in zelda and 
it's a it's another one of those games where I want to spend every minute doing like it's gonna take me a real long time to beat Zelda. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that like Mario, yeah. like even though you have the other alternate ending that you can do, the main storyline is still fun, and uh, I enjoyed that more. And it made me want to finish uh, Mario Odyssey more than Breath of the Wild. Because Breath of the Wild, like, when open world games happen, I kind of get a little um, intimidated. Where I'm just like, where do I go? Am I going the right way? I never know if I'm going the right way or not. Unless, like, I could tell the storyline's picking up. <laughs> hmm. So that's the reason why I chose Mario Odyssey. Alright. Let's go into the next category. And that is... Best Game Developer. Andy, do you want to say the nominees? Nominees were Machine Games, Ninja Theory, Naughty Dog, and Nintendo EPD. EPD stands for Entertainment Planning and Development. Mm. I was really surprised with this voting. Me fucking too. Because the only game that came out for Naughty Dog... Well, two games if you count the... uh, the remastered of Crash Bandicoot um, um, was uh, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, which was like a DLC game, a standalone game. And um, they, I'll just say the winner right now. The winner is Naughty Dog. Yeah. <laughs> and I, was, I, uh, I can't believe it wasn't Nintendo EPD. I mean, Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, Splatoon 2, Come on. Jesus. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to say I recommend Nintendo. <laughs> because... Yeah, I chose Nintendo. I mean, they also made 1-2-Switch, but I'm not going to hold that against them. Well, they, I, I, the only thing I can say about 1-2-Switch is like it was way overpriced for that type of yeah, game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's fun enough. But yeah, I, I can't... I Part of me is worried. I, I nominated Nintendo uh, Entertainment product division development whatever uh i was i'm afraid i wasn't specific as to what the hell that is i'm i should have like put in parentheses or call it something different but oh well and i think people like especially when people voted for this they know naughty dog because of crash bandicoot and uncharted ninja theory i guess because everybody's now knowing about hellblade sure and then I could tell, obviously, uh, two out of four voting for Nintendo. Like these people know how good of a track record Nintendo is with their games. So, and then you have Lonely and Machine Gun, Machine Games, who did uh, the Wolfenstein. So, I, uh, Ninja Theory was my second one though because of their indie AAA approach. And that's that's going to be a thing I hope going forward. Hopefully. But anyway, um. I guess we can go to what's next? Best graphics in a game, right? Yes. So we have graphics. Yeah, the nominees are. Let me get to the picture here before I start saying the nominees. So you have Near Automata. Did I say that yeah, right? That's right. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm At least to... I'm, I'm pretty sure it's right. That's how I've been saying it. Yeah, well, I think it's like tomato, tomato. I guess Uncharted Lost Legacy, Hellblade. And then Horizon Zero Dawn. And Andy, do you want to say the winner? The winner is uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which I agreed with. And I mean, come on, let's face it, that game's gorgeous. 
it's really gorgeous to look at and uh it was a pretty close this, this was another close poll by the way yeah i was a little, a little surprised near just about etched it out but nope horizon got it yeah it was like a 41 to 35 percent uh with the winning there and yeah this this game is gorgeous to play um it's a, another one of those games where i had to finish but th that was during a bad time because that's when zelda came out and i was more invested in zelda than horizon yep um best gameplay mechanics did you play near by the way um, barely. Like, I, I played it enough that I could feel confident nominating it, but I, I really want to sit down and, like, you know, dig in yeah. at some point. I'm, I'm taking a short break from video games right now. I'm trying to catch up on some books and movies. Nice. Uh, Uncharted was a really gorgeous game to play. Um, when I was playing it to get it out of the way, because it was my brother's game, and I had to finish the story run really quickly. There was times where I just stared at the environment and I was like, holy shit, this is where gaming's going. <laughs> like, I remember playing 16 uh, bit fucking games on the Super Nintendo and all that shit. And uh, just being like, this is awesome. Like, this is what video games are. And now you look at 2017. And the environment just looks like you're in real life, especially VR, by the way. VR is, is coming a long way. I don't know if I should have had that as a category. Ah, fuck it. I still it. gotta try it. I wouldn't have had any, anything to nominate. Yeah. Other than that, congratulations to uh, Grail Games, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, winning the best graphics in a game. So that's another where I should have like a clapping thing. Clapping yeah. soundboard. <laughs> Andy, what is our next uh, category? Gameplay mechanics? Yes. And what is the nominees? Mario Odyssey, Stardew Valley, Steam World Dig 2, and uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. All right. And the winner is Mario Odyssey. Yay. That's who I voted for. I actually voted for Legend of the Zelda. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, the reason I did that is because... There was times in that game where uh, I I was like, maybe this might work, and it worked. And I was like, you know how like you take your your arrow and you put it next to a fire? I'm like, oh my god, yeah. now I have a fiery <laughs> arrow. Like Things like that where I'm like, this is good game mechanics. I had to think about this one really hard, but I felt like in Mario Odyssey, they used every part of an environment... like. The thing I loved about it is as soon as you become most of the creatures in the different kingdoms, the, the everything changes. Oh, I can swim through lava now. This is this is basically a brand new situation. Oh, I can I can fly now. Oh, this is this so everything's changed. And they did a really good job of making sure everything was like consistent. Like as soon as you became something, you kind of got the rules. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's why I decided that one. Yeah, um with we call it Mario Odyssey. Because what I liked about it is how any, any, you could do anything with the hat, and there's like so many moves that you could do. Yeah. But like, if you played like Mario 64 or Sunshine, like you can go straight into this game. Yeah, totally. So I didn't really see like an eye popping like 
kind of mechanic to it. I thought Zelda edged it a little more than Mario Odyssey, even though even though there's like so much shit to do <laughs> in Mario Odyssey. All right, let's get to our next category, and the next category is. Ooh, our first tie. Yes, and I'll explain that in a second. Best audio uh, design in a game. Hellblade, Resident Evil 7, Sonic Mania, and Uncharted Lost Legacy. Like I said, it's our first tie. A tie between Hellblade and Resident Evil 7. Yes. So um, how we solved the ties in our polls is that I went to Metacritic and looked at the review and whoever had the highest review would become the winner and with the winner of an 86 to an 81 resident evil 7 edges hellblade in this uh this win and i have to say both games audio design wise is a tie to me and the reason why is if you play hellblade um hearing the voices in their head if you're playing with a headset on was really really good now in resident evil 7 the uh sounds in the house and everything freaked you the fuck out <laughs> i imagine it's even worse than the vr yeah so like those games like those are the two games in 2017 where i'm like what had the best audio design and i would have to say both of these games but my recommendation, I think I chose, was Hellblade. What was yours? I put Hellblade as well. Okay, so you'll design. Hellblade. Most improved game. This this is this this was a category I was interested in seeing where it went. Yeah, I, I feel like we could have added more nominees in this one, by the way. Probably. Yeah, because I was like, oh man, there's other games that have been worked on for like a while. So the nominees for most improved game are Players Unknown Battlegrounds, Rainbow Six Siege, Grand Theft Auto V, Ark Survival. Andy, who is the winner? Uh, Players Unknown Battlegrounds. Yep, the PUBG. Uh, I, I get why it won. Like... It, it makes a lot of sense. The game went from, you know, nothing, pretty much. Like, it's, what a Cinderella story, right? And now it's it's on Xbox One, and it's a full $30 Steam release and stuff like that. Yeah, it's out of uh, early access now. It's a full-fledged, yeah. finally, a game. <laughs> I'm glad that games come out of early access still. I was starting to wonder. Even though it still feels like early access because of all the bugs that are happening. Um, it's only it's an ambitious game. It's only one game mode. Like, when you think of a game, you think of, like, other features. There's only one. And when you're matchmaking, you can't choose a map. The map there's two maps now. You have the... I call it the green map and the desert map. <laughs> huh. And um, I just wish that you could choose what map you can go to. I'm pretty sure that's an easy fix you could do. Um, my recommendation was... PUBG again because I've played so much into that game and it did improve from nothing to uh, kind of something. I chose Rainbow Six and I'll explain why. Yeah. Uh, PUBG went from 
nothing to something. It went from fun to even more fun. Rainbow Six went from a game that I would not recommend whatsoever to a game that I play all the time and love. Like, like PUBG went from, you know, like I said, fun to more fun. That was probably the best way to put it. But Siege went from awful to fantastic. I thought it improved the most. But eh, this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I, I would have to agree that I think Rainbow Six Siege should have won this because that game has been transforming for like two years out. Yeah. yeah. And like, even though this is even though this is for 2017, games these days they are constantly being updated, which is, in my opinion, wrong. Uh, but that's another discuss- discussion. But uh, even uh, the division has like new updates and shit that changes the game completely. And I don't know. This is always going to be a category in my opinion, because there's going to be games that we like overwatch that are still being played that, sure. that could be improved every year. It could be totally. a completely new game, but moving on, Andy, what is the next <laughs> Best console of this generation. We're going to have to talk about this one a little bit. The nominees were... I mean, the nominees are obvious. Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, PC. Now, people are going to probably think, why is PC a console? It. I, I felt like we should add it because a lot of the gaming community does play PC. Clearly. And you can't just have another be like... Oh, we're gonna have like a PC section. Let's talk about each different PC. No, you just put PC as its own entity into the console generation uh, poll here. Andy, I'll give you the uh, the thing to say who won this category. Too upset to say it, huh? Yeah, I'm too upset to say it. PC won. I I don't. Uh, okay. <laughs> PC I, Master Race. I get it. Yeah. No, no, PC's great. I mean, I've been gaming on the PC since I was a kid, and I understand it, but, um, I mean, anyone who listens to the show probably knows what I'm going to say, but I've just got such a hard-on for the Switch, man. I, I voted for the Switch. It nailed it. I love it. Oh, I can take it anywhere, and it looks great on my TV. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I chose Switch. Uh, <laughs> it's just take it anywhere you want um i know games are gonna be 100 percent when i get it they're not gonna be like oh here's a day one patch and all that shit um love that third party's uh coming onto the system it's from it's gonna go up from here on out uh can't wait until they do their nintendo direct where metroid prime is probably gonna get a trailer or something and hopefully, hopefully, we get our virtual console. <laughs> yeah, we need some more of that kind of jazz. They they have, like, a couple small things on there, but I want something more organized, more like it was in the Wii or even the Wii. And hopefully they do hear us, by the way. And they're just not ignoring it and be like, oh, we can just put, like, you know, Super Mario here or Zelda Link yeah. to the Pass here. No. We want the whole enchilada. <laughs> yeah. Come on, bring bring Mother 3. That's got to be... That's the Vanguard. That's what they're going to do next month. They're going to say, hey, 
we're doing a virtual console and by the way um it's got super mario world uh zelda ocarina of time and fucking mother three finally and then everyone will be like yes awesome and then they'll buy those things Hmm. yeah we can only hope but nintendo switch i think i'm gonna be playing that console for a couple more years or, or and probably beyond yeah. yeah i'm going to at least finish it finish it in 2018 i'll tell you that because 2017 is great for the switch but anyway um is game of the year really the next category no um let's talk best sports game which is okay um i uh let's see again the nominees should be obvious enough i'm surprised um the new ufc game wasn't on here uh yeah i actually thought of that <laughs> when we were doing the nominees i'm like yeah. Because I'm like, oh my god, we don't have a sports section on this one. And I do play yeah, sports games. I saw that you added that, and I was like, oh. <laughs> but anyway, NHL 18, FIFA 18, Madden 18, MLB The Show 17. Yeah, because uh, baseball games come out in the springtime. So yeah. their years are always a year behind. Or the actual year. Yeah, their years are correct. <laughs> yeah. So... The winner of the best sports game in 2017, and I just purchased this myself uh, during the Christmas uh, break, is NHL 18. Um, what I like about it is that they did improve the gameplay. Uh, I remember reviewing NHL 17 and giving it in the 70% range, and I usually don't do that. Usually I'm like satisfied with every NHL game. But I was really pissed off last year and how they fucking treated uh, the the shitty controls and all that sh stuff. There's some, like, shitty controls here and there, but, like, the hut is more improved. Um, the menu system is more response, uh, has a high response now. Um, you have the three-on-three -three game uh, gameplay that's in the feature that makes it more fun very arcadey if you're into that arcadey type of play but then you have totally. your, your simulation which you can go play the other stuff in so i recommend that and i i've played other games i played uh madden and i played mlb the show but hockey is always gonna be my number one andy what did you pick i only played two of these games this year i played madden and uh, the new Madden was pretty cool i really wanted to try the single player and i never got to like the weird story mode I heard it was cool. I didn't get to try it. I picked MLB The Show because The Show is always my favorite sports game, pretty much. Like, if UFC had been on the list, I would have considered that. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the show is always fun. Like, they, they, haven't, they haven't ruined any of the gameplay mechanics in at least several iterations. Yeah. And Plus, it's my favorite sport to watch. Yeah, biased. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little biased on my decision, too. But, uh... Andy, I don't want to get into Game of the Year yet. We'll save that last. We'll come back. We'll do Best Cinematography. Yes. So uh, yeah. get into the nominees, Andy. Blade Runner 2049, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, American Made, and Dunkirk. And the winner of Best Cinematography in a movie <laughs> is Blade Runner 2049. Andy, you've seen this movie. So yes, it's fantastic. I I don't know anything about it besides uh, all the fucking advertisements <laughs> that came out for this huh. film. 
I, I have to watch it. Uh, eventually, I am going to see it. I, ju I just knew that it was a really, really long movie. And I didn't want to, on a day off, like, I know it's a good movie, but I didn't want to waste three hours <laughs> at the movie theater. Boo. <laughs> so I'll waste three hours at my house, I guess. Yeah, you, you should, though. It's great. It's going to come out. It's um, it's available digitally now. It comes out on Blu-ray next month. Can't wait. Goddamn, Blu-rays are coming out quickly now in movies. Yeah. Weird. Did, what'd, you, what'd you vote for if it wasn't Blade Runner? Dunkirk. No, me too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I felt every because there was no dialogue in uh, Dunkirk. I thought each shot was fucking shot well, especially yeah, absolutely. By, by I, uh, I voted Dunkirk because um, it makes more situations look great than Blade Runner. Blade Runner relies on some computers, and uh, there's a few shots where it is just kind of two people doing a thing. But in Dunkirk, it's like boats and aircraft and guys and, and, and ships and piers and buildings and gunfights and, and everything. Like, I thought Dunkirk deserved it. Well, Christopher Nolan, uh, they used, like, actual fucking warplanes and shit <laughs> yeah. to make it look real and everything. So that was great how they shot that. But, uh, yeah. All these movies were great. And we should add, we should have waited until January because it was more movies that were even more greater. Yeah. I know Shape of the Water I gotta go watch. So Me too. Speaking of directors, uh, let's get into the best director in movies. And let me just scroll down here so that I have everything correct. So the nominees are, and I'm going to fucking butcher this guy's name. Everyone does. Uh, Denise Villeneuve, whatever. Villeneuve. The guy who did Blade Runner. Yes. <laughs> then you got Christopher Nolan, who did Dunkirk. Uh, Doug Lyman, who did American Maid. Uh, and then Martin Scorsese in uh, Silence. Scorsese. Scorsese. I, I say it different. <laughs> no, no, you said it right. I was uh, making a Birdman joke. Ah. Uh, damn it. I didn't catch it. <laughs> so the winner is... <laughs> the guy who did Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, goddammit. I don't want to say his name. Uh, congratulations. Uh, I bet you Andy would recommend that he did a great job. Uh, he did do a great job, but that's not the one I voted for. You Let me guess. Christopher Nolan? Nope. Oh, who'd you vote for? I'm the only vote that uh, oh. silent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I hated to be cliche and vote for Martin Scorsese, of all fucking people. Someone who doesn't need the the attention from a show distinguished as ours, but um, he drags a great performance out of several interesting actors in that movie. And, you know, I, I you can tell watching that movie, this movie must have been a pain in the ass to make. So that's, that's why I respect it. Well, you had uh, Adam Driver and who else in the film? Liam Neeson, Andrew Garfield. Oh, God. Th three good actors right there. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, Scorsese and Nolan, uh, and then obviously the winner is the Blade Runner guy. That's what I'm going to reference him as. Oh, God. Anyway, Andy, let's get into our best actor in a movie. I think we need to split best actor and best actress up like they do at the Oscars. Yeah, it's a lot like, of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously we got to do it next year, but looking at the voting, it turned out weird. 
Yeah. Uh, first of all, I phrased it wrong in our doc, so that's where we got mixed up and everything. Because my my thing was I was gonna have like four nominees. They're gonna be two males and there's gonna be two females. So it's kind of be like battle of the sexes in a way. Um, and obviously it came out wrong. So next yeah. year, <laughs> next year we're gonna do uh, split categories on that one. We're learning. <laughs> Learn as you go. So uh, the nominees were uh, Ryan Gosling from from for Blade Runner. Michael Fassbender for Alien Covenant, Tom Cruise for American Made, Woody Harrelson for War of the Planet, or wasn't it War for the Planet of the Apes, or was it? I think it was War of the Planet of the Apes. I just copied and pasted, so I think that's it. Okay, well then that must be right. Um, Anna de Armas, Blade Runner 2049, played Joy, I don't know how to say her name. I don't know how to say uh, this woman's name either. Um, Sick. Sayoris Ronan, Ronan, the the lead from Lady Bird, and Sarah Wright from American Made. And your winner for Best Actor is Ryan Gosling. Blade Runner's getting some love, man. It deserves it. Yeah, I uh, when I shared it on Facebook, a lot of my friends uh, and our fans like uh blade runner and they they love the shit out of this movie so i think that's where most of the voting came from and uh, who'd you vote for if you didn't see blade runner uh i voted for tom cruise american made oh. um i thought he did an amazing job in that movie uh tom cruise always gets hate because of his scientology shit and yeah i mean he's a shitty person but he's a fantastic actor let's face it yeah, his 80s run was amazing. <laughs> his 80s and 90s. And he shows up here and there uh, during, you know, the 2000s and stuff. You have uh, War of the Worlds, even though that was an okay film. He did great in that. Um, that repeat fucking movie that they're coming out with a, a second one for, Live, Die, Repeat. Mm. Uh, he was good in that, even though that's another movie that the critics kind of hate. Um and then you had American Made, which is based off of a true story. Uh, he was just—he just—he's just amazing. Okay, just watch. when he was in the Mummy, and that movie was great. <laughs> I skipped that movie. <laughs> I don't actually think that, by the way. I'm, I'm making a joke. I voted for Fastbender in Alien Covenant. He plays two completely different roles, but he still has to make them similar. I don't know how else to describe it. But he kills it in Alien Covenant. That movie was like good. It was above average, but Fastbender far and away is like the best part of that movie. I don't understand why people hated that movie. They shouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. I liked it. Like people want to say, "Oh, it's not as good as Alien." Oh, it screws this up. Oh, it does this weird stuff from Prometheus. It just watch it as as a movie. Just just watch a sci fi movie, and it's good. It's a good sci fi movie. Well, what I don't understand. Is people go well? I want to know what happened in this area before you know the actual alien movie, and they finally get it, and then they fucking hate it, and it's mm. just like, then why did you ask for it? Like, did do you want full fan service? If you get full fan service, you're always gonna get these fucking stupid moments and shit. You know, you gotta let the creative mind flow and tell you a story, and not just fucking spoon feed you everything. You know, people think they're entitled to shit when they're not. The 
fucking watch it. <laughs> all right, so all we have left is movie of the year and game of the year. Let's get movie of the year out of the way. <laughs> Since... Movie of the year. So the movie of the year, the the, the nominees are Dunkirk, American Made, Lady Bird, and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. And with obvious, and with, with obvious. Yeah. I mean, come on, we all know who what's going to win. Yeah, obvious surprise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if all the other voting wasn't an indicator, but this is something I did vote for. Blade Runner twenty forty nine was my movie of the year. That's the favorite. That's my favorite movie that I saw this year. I saw it in theaters twice, and uh, I plan on picking it up when it comes out. Uh, my movie of the year is and is Dunkirk. Yeah. So. Yeah, honestly, I, I, uh, my other nominee was Lady Bird, but I kind of like Dunkirk better. The reason why I like Blade, not Blade Runner, <laughs> uh, Dunkirk, is because it was just, it was unique. It, like, you didn't have a fucking stupid as a love story in a war, war film. Like, it was straight up war. Yeah, it was real, man. Real yeah. as shit. Like, the thing with, like, Saving Private Ryan, it, it had, like, a, a side story to a war. War is hell. And, Dunkirk explained what war is hell is all about. And I thought, you know, I think that was the message that uh, Nolan was trying to, while showing that these people were brave of fucking standing on that beach while getting bombed, just the whole being in that situation was shitty. And I thought that was great how he portrayed that movie. So that was my pick of movie of the year. And you chose Blade Runner. And of course I did. And all our fans did. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. Now let's get to the moment that we've all been waiting for. And that is our game of the year. Andy, what is the nominees? Uh, Hellblade, Horizon Zero Dawn, Mario Odyssey, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. And the winner is, and if you thought it was one game... It's actually the other Switch game, and it's Mario Odyssey. Game of the year, everybody. Um, but with an asterisk here. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about the tie. Yep. Uh, this was really interesting, by the way. Now, let me go to Metacritic because I don't remember it. <laughs> so both Legend Mario of... Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild are tied, which is hilarious to me. Like... This this was the category that I got the most entertainment out of seeing the results of. Yeah. So the actual critic Metascore is also tied with a 97. So what? I went to a secondary, which was the user score <laughs> of, the, of it. So Legend of Zelda, I believe, was an 8.1. But Mario Odyssey was an 8.9. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> So, because of the people of uh, the world <laughs> on Metacritic, uh, Mario Odyssey came out on top. What'd you vote for? I voted for Mario Odyssey because I love the game. Me too! I never had so much fun in a Mario game in a while. Yeah, it, it's, I haven't had that much fun in a game in a while. Like, Mario Odyssey is so genuinely heartfelt fun. It's just, it's... It's such a delight to play. It's like even it, there's only a couple times I got frustrated, and it's so easily to just literally turn around and find something fun to do in that game. And the only time I got frustrated was 
with some of the boss battles where you would get to like the the near end of killing somebody and then you would die and you would have to start all over again it only happened twice but like those two times when it was happening i was like god damn it i gotta do this fucking again like I've had that happen a lot. Like after you get to the Mushroom Kingdom, you can go back and fight bosses like on the super hard way. And there's a couple of them that I was like, "Oh my god, I, just, I don't even want to do this." Yeah, when you're f- facing that like mech thing that all the the uh, the goon squad, as I call them, are in that little mech, and you you have to like deflect the bombs and shit. Yeah, like that was annoying at times, but I was like finally happy that there was some type of like. Uh, difficulty in bosses because in the beginning you're like man this is too easy <laughs> yeah you're right though uh, at the beginning you just kind of breeze through it but you're still having a good old time mm-hmm. and the music in this game by the way was really good like the new York, the new donk city when you're oh, the, the music for um what's the world where the robots are growing the flowers oh i don't know but that's another um, good place yeah that's that that has one of my favorite tracks to any level this year or or for several years I, it gets stuck it's stuck in my head now i thought about it for a second and now it's in there it's that song's so cool i love it yeah there's a real surprise at the end on how you could like put your hat on somebody and you're like you could be you could fucking be a t-rex you could be a tank you could be anything almost anything in this game and i was like i thought that was a good uh mechanic uh but there's something at the end where you're just like, this is funny as shit <laughs> on how. I, yeah, I, I still I'm still loath to like ruin too much of the stuff at the end. But I think I know what you're talking about. And it's fantastic. Yeah, I'll just explain that you you smashed your sh- shit. And yeah, yeah. So I thought that was really a good fucking touch. And I was surprised. I just I smiled throughout this whole game. There was not. Absolutely. A... That's the best way to describe it. Yeah. I just I was never pissed off. I was never like, oh man, did I waste sixty dollars? Should I waited for this in a like a, a sale or something? I was satisfied with my sixty bucks that I paid for this game. Or, Me too. Or fifty if you have Amazon Prime. Um, but this is my movie of the movie the game of the year, and I am proud of it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, all in all, I was mostly happy with the way everything came out. I'm still a little on the fence about a couple decisions people made but all right whatever you're entitled to your opinion even if it's wrong (laughs) and uh with all our winners i will be sending out tweets saying that they won this little belt even though most of them probably won't care but uh, i i imagine almost all i imagine all of them won't care but if 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 even one of them like tweets back oh cool man thanks that i yeah that'd be pretty cool yeah (laughs) There, there is one award that won't get a belt, but I think I want to mention this is the worst um, publisher of this year, and there is no nominees. There's only one company that I believe deserves this worst publisher of the year, and that is EA Games. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, and we already t- touched upon on why they did. It. Just they're shitty. Their business practice is fucking terrible. And that's all yeah. I have to say about that. Yeah, we've been down that road on this show. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask, uh, I mean, that's our official awards out of the way, but a couple other things. Do you have a favorite episode of this show, and do you have a favorite movie that we've watched for the show? Uh, my favorite episode is when we did the Dr. Caligari 
and how we went into like a big history uh lesson on that and i i'm super into history and like i enjoyed like we went 30 minutes talking about that and uh when we have like discussions like that i believe those are our strongest episodes yeah so was kogari your favorite movie no (laughs) i didn't think so (laughs) um my favorite movie is uh synchros the time traveler one really yeah all right uh, just because I like, you know, fucking trying to figure out what's going on in the movie. So what's yours? Um, you know, I hate to choose like one of the most recent ones, but I think my favorite episode is uh, the one where we spent an hour debating The Last Jedi. Yeah, by the way, that's our highest viewed on uh, YouTube, by the way. There you go. The, the people agree with me. <laughs> my favorite movie that we've watched is... I'm thinking, um, I don't know. It's either the prestige or it's chopping mall, which was, was that our first one? Yes, I believe chopping I think it was. Mall. Yeah. Huh. Chopping mall was just a, de- a delightful disaster. I need to find more movies like that for us to watch. Yeah. We need, we need more, uh, shit, shitty movies, shitty movies yeah. that are good <laughs> to watch. Um, what else can we say? Um, Thanks to everyone. I mean, it's the end of the year, and we're still doing stuff. I mean, yeah. we haven't done a full year's worth of shows, but we will. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our last episode of 2017. Yes, it is. Yeah, so uh, I hope everybody has a safe New Year's Eve. Remember, don't drink too much if you have work the next day, because that's going to be a shitty work day. Um, if you are off on a Monday, which I am, um, I'm probably going to be drinking some wine, champagne, and anything that has alcohol. So um there's gonna be a lot of uh a lot of good things happening in this podcast. I think this is one of our successful podcasts that we've been you know gradually getting better in. And I really wanna make this something big and powerful and shit. But uh <laughs> what movie are we watching next week? Um, that oh, is, is it my, it's my pick, isn't it? Or yes, is it? yeah, we're back to uh, you. So, um, I think I had decided uh, Neon Demon. You hadn't seen that, right? No, so Neon Demon, yeah, the Neon Demon. It's uh, it's on Amazon Prime, it's a Nicholas Winding Refn movie, yeah. And um, what were we gonna do, Twilight Zone episodes this this month? Mm, yes, we had discussed it, but we hadn't come to any kind of a conclusion. Yeah, so n- next week is Neon Demon. That's all you need to know. Yeah. So catch that on Amazon Prime. And um, while we're here, uh, what day do you want to do that on, by the way? That's a good question, actually. I, uh, ba 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 ba. I could do it the first or the second or the third, but the fourth, I will be gone. I'm going to MAGFest in Washington, D.C. First, second, and third. I am off on uh, Tuesday, if you want to do Tuesday. Let's do Tuesday. Yeah. So Tuesday it is. And are you off on that day? Uh, I work till 5.30. 5.30. So 7 o'clock again. So Tuesday wow. at 7 o'clock. Uh, remember Neon oh. Demon. And we will back. We will be back to a normal uh, format. Um, because Star Wars is out of the way and our award show is out of the way. And we will see you in 2018, where um, 
dreams will become dreams. <laughs> I don't know. You guys have a good two thousand. Uh, uh, good New Year's Eve. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Later.